0: The Women in Media Podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring twenty twenty four. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media Podcast. My guest today is Danny Stover, a nationally syndicated radio host, a fellow podcaster, and you just said you had a new tagline? I just revamped my bio, so I'm national radio host, local podcaster. We love it. She's also based here in Toronto. Although we were in different cities, I feel like we had a lot of parallels in our careers while we were both coming up in Chorus Entertainment. And now you're back at Chorus. Maybe you can take me back just through some of the jobs that have led you to where you are today.
1: Yeah, I feel like you and I have kind of had like sister careers. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I mean, to go back, back... I went to college for this. <laughs> um, good, good. So I took radio journalism at Seneca, and that was kind of a false start. Like, I, I wanted to be in professional writing, and I, you know, I, I had no clue. Um, but radio, something about radio always really spoke to me. I, I kind of romanticized it. I loved voices and that you know, the sound of a voice on a phone, on the radio. I don't know. Something about it just really spoke to my soul. Uh, I went to Seneca, like I mentioned, and I met a bunch of amazing people and I loved it. I was just like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I actually can pinpoint the moment where I felt that feeling. Tell me. Uh, it was just like, you know, those big lecture halls where it's like, okay, here's what the program's going to be. I hope you like eating tuna because <laughs> um, you're getting into radio, um, which I hate that. Um, but I was like, wow. You mean all these people want to get into radio and journalism and and television? And it just was like this electric feeling. And I think I'd kind of bounced around a little bit uh, up to that point. I really kind of felt directionless. And this was like, nope, you're in the right place at the right time. This is for you. So yeah, so that was really fun. I learned a lot. But then, of course, uh, part of it is you get an internship. Yes. The internship was was wild. Um, Basically (laughs) – my parents had a trailer uh, at the same park as <laughs> Fred of Humble and Fred. And so I was like, oh my God, like Fred of Humble and Fred, Fred Patterson. And so he was like, listen, I'll send you some links you do with, or some email addresses, some names, email them, see what you can do. One of the names was Jason Barr of the Dean Blendell show. I literally spelt internship wrong in the subject line (laughs) and still got the internship. This was the beginning of me realizing that what I was told wasn't actually what was going on. (laughs) And so I got this weird and funky internship that, you know, brought people out of the woodwork. It was wild. It was like people I hadn't heard from in ages were like, hey, I heard you on the radio today. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, And then I was still going to school. So like my story is I was, you know, emailing people and We had guests like Paul Rudd and like Jason Mews, all these really interesting and big people at the time that I was meeting and then I'd be running off to school after. And then I also worked at (laughs) Sportcheck. Everyone had the retail job. I had this weird life of like big, 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 biggest morning show, you know, on rock radio in the country at the time, going to school, coming back and asking people if they want their receipt in their bag. Like that was my life. (laughs) Yeah. And my receipt just said American Eagle. So there we go.
0: (laughs) I loved retail, though, honestly. Yeah. I mean, was it not great experience towards like maybe practicing interviewing for us? Like, you're just, you have to find a way to yeah. interact with anyone in that job, right? Yes. What do you remember about that internship at The Edge, your first thoughts on the industry?
1: That's an interesting question because I remember walking into it and my first day with them, like my first day meeting these three giants. Yeah. At the time, remember, it was the early 2000s. Um, things have changed. Um, but at that time, it was like a huge snowstorm. I came downtown with my dad who was working downtown. And I was like, my, my socks were soaked even before seven in the morning. And I was like, I don't even know who these people are. I've only heard their voices. Yeah. And so seeing people for the first time that you've only heard their voices is always a mind fuck. Yeah. And you can't go back. You can't go back to what you thought they might have looked like before. As soon as you've seen them, it's like, that's who you are. Um, Which is also like a fun part about radio. Uh, So I saw them and I was like, wow, okay, you're the guys. And then I don't think it was necessarily like a fair representation of the industry because, you know, they got what they wanted always. Um, And so I got to see what a very high functioning, popular morning show, like how that operated on the inside. And there were so many times where I'm like, I don't think I should be here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like I was in on meeting, like lawyer meetings, and I was like in rooms where it was just like this is some high level stuff. Yeah. and I'm twelve. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you? No, at I was like, the time. I think I was like twenty-two. Yeah, that checks out. I want to say, yeah. You know, you learn how to push some buttons in school, and you, you know, you do learn things. Yeah. But I felt like that internship was like supercharged my what I knew about the industry. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot, but probably not in the you know traditional way. And what about women around at the time? There weren't any. (laughs) I was going to say, like, there were women in the
0: building, but maybe you didn't interact with them.
1: (laughs) No, and that's unfair. It's certainly there were women around and there were some awesome women around. But at that time, thinking about morning show culture and thinking about my place within that framework, the women I saw doing the job I wanted were just kind of like laugh tracks. And I mean no disrespect to those women.
0: The culture created it. Of course. Yeah. And
1: so there was also this, you know, there's only room for one of us type of mentality. And so that also played into it. And then, of course, you know, I heard how a particular morning show would would talk about women. And <laughs> so that was a little bit toxic as well. I'll yeah. say it. Um, so there was just this kind of framework built in where it's like, if you want to be a woman in this industry, you're going to have to be a sidekick. You won't get your name on the show. Yeah. And then I moved to Peterborough where I was the morning show co-host. And I did kind of experience that. I mean, I had a lovely experience, but from the outset, I was like, yeah, it was, there were, there were struggles.
0: So this is around the time that you and I connected. I have to go back in time to this. So we both were exploring this idea of maybe having like a better chance to grow in a smaller market for our careers. Mm-hmm. So I was in London, Ontario, you were in Peterborough. And I was doing the afternoon drive stuff. You were doing the morning drive. And whatever was in my brain, you were saying out loud. <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember feeling so connected very fast with you. But what do you think it was that like, because we were both going through almost the same thing at that time. What do you think it was that made you
1: walk away from that morning show job? Because you got to a point. I know exactly what it was. Um, I mean, there was many things. To go back, The Wolf was a station I listened to growing up. And it was like, it was another giant. Like I was walking into another room of like, wow, I'm here. Like, how did I get here? I got fired (laughs) by Dean Blundell and I made it so that the loop closed and I still had this job. (laughs) So I went out to Peterborough and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to immerse myself into this this community. And I loved it. The people were awesome. It's got a great art scene and a great comedy scene and a great music scene and a great food scene. And I was very like, I love this place and I'm going to, you know, uh, totally immerse myself. I wanted that morning show spot. So that was my goal. Um, and then after a few years, it kind of became clear to me that I didn't want to grow old in Peterborough at that point. I was looking for more. I had this idea that, I'll be honest, I think I had this idea that I was a bigger deal <laughs> than I was. And then, you know, I, I made my way back to Toronto and realized, oh, no, everyone's been working real hard. Yeah. Um, I need to catch up. But to go back to your question, I think there were, it was a many number of things. There was some internal stuff happening at the time. I don't know. Should I should I get into the drama? There was a host who was doing a comedy circuit and, and telling jokes that were, even at the time, inappropriate. And it was getting back to the station. It was getting back to me. I was frustrated with the mishandling of it. Yeah. Um, and I was also, like, one foot out the door already. So I was just kind of like, you know what? Eh. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> we don't need to be associating, you know, our station our show with this.
1: And then when I left, um, I heard that they told everyone it was because
0: I'd found love. Oh, Danny couldn't possibly be making decisions for her professional advancement. It must be the guy.
1: Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, we'd been dating the whole time. Like, I was just like, of course this, this has come up and I'm glad to be out of it. That being said, I feel like I need to add the little, like... Please. I love the Wolf. I love the people that I worked with for the most part. It was a great team. I loved getting up early and and all the experience I got was wonderful. It just, there were things that happened that left a bad taste. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, just to go back for a second too, you mentioned getting fired from the Dean Bundell show. I feel like you told me that, but I don't think I remembered or that stuck out as like part of your story. What was the lesson there? A complex. <laughs> well, like if you can talk about... You know, and feel free to just say, we're moving on from that.
1: I learned that I was a diva. And I say that lovingly because I- You've grown. I don't regret it necessarily. Yeah. And and there are parts of that whole experience that I came into myself and I learned a lot about myself and where I want to be and how I want to be. Yeah. You know, and looking back, I was like, who was I? Yeah. <laughs> what, what gave, the audacity, the gall, the gumption, like- Who do I think I am? I think
0: we've all gone through that phase too, though. So whatever, whatever. Okay, so now, you know, getting into like the present tense a little bit. So you're back at Chorus Entertainment. There's an entirely different workforce there than the last time you worked for the company. Maybe some of the same people, but there's a few 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 of the same people. Um, But now like you have a nationally syndicated evening show. Let's Talk with Danny Stover. Did you know that it was going to become a national show when you first started?
1: No. <laughs> no. So
0: how, how did you get back in there and, and how did you develop the show?
1: My joke is that I fell and when I woke up, I was hosting my own show because <laughs> I was like done. I, I think over the pandemic and I'd done the Blog To your podcast, so I'd kind of like veered away from radio and was like doing this daily podcast thing, which was hard and challenging, but- you know, very rewarding, and I learned a ton. And so I was like, I don't know where I even fit into this world anymore. Like, I don't want to work evenings and weekends. I feel like I'd done that. And so I was just like, I don't know. Maybe I'll become like a social media person. I don't know. And so I was just kind of at a crossroads. What was the blog to podcast called again? Uh, there was two kind of iterations. There was only in Toronto, and then there was like the blog to podcast, which got away from the daily. <laughs> Got it. Because the daily was intense. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I have,
0: I have trouble keeping up with like, whether it's me or, or the creators that I work with, like a bi-weekly schedule daily.
1: And you know what? In retrospect, Let's Talk uh, with Danny Stover is a daily it, yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like it is. Yeah. I had this realization just this week where I was like, huh, that thing I said I'd never do again, doing I'm it. doing it every single day. Yeah. But basically I got in on the back end. I, I was like, trying to get a job content producing and AM640, 640, now 640 Toronto had um, like some openings that I was applying for that I later found out none of my resumes landed on anyone's desk. Oh. <laughs> um, so then a friend of mine, Chris Creston, who I'd gone to college with, who's a lovely man, was like, hey, we kind of have an opening. Like if you're interested, it would be filling in for me. I'm filling in for someone else. So I was like, great. And there's another example of just being thrown into something and being like, what's going, what is this? You want me to email this person to be on your show in an hour?
0: <laughs> Do you want to also know that Chris Creston worked with me at American Eagle?
1: At American Eagle? Oh my God. I listened to the Racky Mo episode. And when you were talking about that, I was like, I think Chris Creston worked there too. Yes.
0: Yeah. Rocky, Chris Creston and I like. That's hilarious. And Chris and I both had keys to the store. Oh yeah. So the fact that a few years later, I ran into him when I was like working at the Edge on the weekends. I'm like in the hall and I'm like, hi, what are you (laughs) what's happening here? Anyway, okay, so you end up in 640. That's So funny.
1: (laughs) He was a big deal at American Eagle. I remember in college. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta open the (laughs) (laughs) store. Yep, totally. (laughs) I kind of credit him for like holding the door open for me and letting me come in. And when I got there, I was like, You I'm not leaving. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a bit of a pick me girl. I was like, what do you want? You want some uh you want a social media plan? You want me to do some? IDs, some audio editing, like whatever, I'll do it. And then Amanda Capito was the boss at the time. And she's got a, a huge podcasting background. She's a young woman. It was the first time that I was like, oh, woman. my boss is like me. But uh, she's amazing. And we worked together to kind of find something that would work. And And the evening show at the time on 640 was kind of this revolving door of hosts. It was like, and we're talking the depths of the pandemic as well. So it was just like it was all weird. Yeah. And like, I worked for Kelly for a year and a half, Kelly Cotrera, and we hadn't even met in person. So it was just funky. And then uh, Amanda was like, How about this? How about this? How about this? And I was like, No, no, no. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a talk radio person li- yet. And I, I say that with a bit of like a, anyone's a talk radio person, to be honest. Um, but I was very scared and I felt very exposed and I was not looking to be live on the air. I didn't want to do that. So we made a compromise, and the compromise was I would work during the day at the office uh, or at home if I needed to, and it would be a 10 to 6 shift going on the air for 7 to 10. And I would package a show. I called it at first a clip, don't call it a clip show, because I'm using content from other um, stations across the Chorus Radio Network, but I'm trimming it, and I'm adding my thoughts to it and i'm you know condensing it and because i've already listened to the interview which would have been live i like to say i have a bit of a crystal ball so i i've got the context i can invite you to listen in a certain way i can maybe take the piss a little bit sometimes i can say okay well this is the conversation you're about to hear but as you're listening maybe think about this other thing yeah yeah or something came up in that interview that's really interesting but it wasn't explained i'll explain it for you so it's a lot of research it's a lot of listening it's a lot of writing And it's performing. Like, I'm not just like, hey, welcome back. Uh, Rolling straight ahead. We've got more ACDC for the next eight days in a row. (laughs) It's like, it's just different. And At first, I was so scared. Like, I was freaking out. And I was like, as long as I'm enjoying the process, what ends up on the air should reflect that. So I was really mindful about setting boundaries and really being into the process of it all. And I have a great team. And slowly but surely I started to get my footing and I started to feel more comfortable. Then Amanda was fired, and we were all like, what what the hell? Mm-hmm. Then this new guy comes in. His name's Mike Ben Dixon. Okay. He didn't talk to me for the first three months. <laughs> what kind of behavior? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm for sure getting fired. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. But another lesson, patience. I had to remove my ego and I had to say, Danny, again, get back to the process. You're doing what you're doing and you're enjoying it for now. Nothing lasts forever. And he's got bigger fish to fry. If he's not talking to me, then maybe that's actually a good thing. Maybe it doesn't have to do with me at all. And sure enough, when we did speak, he had some questions about like the show and like, why aren't you live? We did a live show, but then he was like, he's like, it's breaking my brain because you're not a live show. I'm programmed to think that live- Is king, yeah. Is it. That's what talk radio is for. But you're doing something that I've never heard before. And it's refreshing. So I was like, aha. And then it's like, he takes me aside and he's like, and you know how it is when the boss calls you and you're like, today's the day I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> but it was never like that. It was always just like, he has something really nice and encouraging and, and constructive to say. And so one time he's like, um, if you were to go national- are you ready? And I said, (laughs) because I watch a lot of drag race, I said, well, you're lucky I stay ready. So I ain't got to get ready. (laughs) And he's like, okay. And so he's like, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know in what capacity, but I'm just saying sometime soon it might happen. So I was like, okay, you know, weeks pass. It's kind of on the back burner, but I'm not, you know, I'm focused on my own show, my own podcast. I'm busy. And so one day he calls me in. He's like, so it's going to happen, but I wanted to talk to you first uh, because obviously some other stuff has to happen before that. But I wanted to let you know before I let them know. And can you start on Monday? So it was like this was Wednesday and then the national stuff was starting on the Monday. And now I'm on the air more than John Oakley and Alex Pearson combined in a year. Okay. (laughs) And – You know, 640s ratings are adorable, but there is some growth there. And he's he's said I've heard him in a room full of my colleagues and peers. This is my favorite show. And it just it blows my mind. This guy discovered, which isn't a brag, John Tory. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) So he should go to jail. Yeah. Uh, No, but, he's you know, he's a guy that is kind of like. He's he's a bit of a you know a talent guy. He's a very radio guy, which I appreciate because I I've, I've realized I'm a very radio gal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I feel so lucky. I'm doing. Sometimes I have to sit and be like Danny, you are doing exactly what you wanted to do, and you didn't even know this was possible. I say that to myself all the time. <laughs> I yeah, love that. I love that
0: for us. Yeah. There's also the Today NTO podcast. Tell me about
1: that. Um. Yeah. So that was part of the the deal with Amanda was like you're going to do this evening show. It's not going to be live, but I don't think people can really tell. I don't think people can. TV's not always live. We love TV. Then another part of that, because she's a big podcaster, she's with lead podcasting. She's the founder CEO and she's doing that stuff. So, and I'd come from a podcasting background as well. And so I was like, okay, well let's, we've got all this stuff. Yeah. Why not put out, you know, Toronto doesn't really have like a Toronto news podcast. That was our reasoning at the time. Um, there's a ton, but, um, you know, 640 didn't really have one. And we were kind of like, yeah, you know, this podcast won't point back to the radio station. It just is what it is. It comes out weekly. It's like 20 minutes. And it's just kind of like a couple of stories and a little bit of history. It's a lot though, like on top of the show, it's like, there's sometimes times where I'm like, hello, is anybody listening?
0: It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel instant mushroom coffee from organic traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with Lion's Mane Mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms, it tastes like coffee. Actually, better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code Media 20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Um, but I love having my foot in both ponds. And yeah, today NTO is coming up to a year, wow. which is amazing. Um yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll shout out my team. It's Glenn Bergonier, who is like the producer of Let's Talk. He's an honor contributor. He does audio pieces. Um, he helps with the podcast too. David Spargala, who also works on it. So um, like I said, the team is key. Yeah. Because at BlogTO, I I didn't have as much of a team. But um, yeah, I don't feel like I do the podcast thing the way it's supposed to be done. It feels a bit of an afterthought, which I want to get out of that. Mm. But also, it's what works right now.
0: Oh, yeah. Podcasting's a hard game, right? Like- and one year, most podcasts don't peak till year three, and you're already had you've already had a great start, right? So just you know, measure it that way.
1: Yeah, it's tricky. It's like I love it, <laughs> but it is one of those things where I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, with podcasting. I mean, in some ways, because so many people have them, sometimes it's just just having one is like, yeah, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I mean, it's different for you because you've got some some heavy hitting podcasts that are, I feel like mine is just kind of like, hey, here's 20 minutes, I'll catch you up. Yours is very much more intentional, I feel. You've got guests and there's moving parts and you've won awards. Oh my God, stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't won awards. Jan Arden's won awards. Let's be real. (laughs) But um, I think the team part that you touched on there is so important too. You know, whoever contributes to what that podcast is that you put out, that's the foundation, right? For how you move through the whole process and you know when it's a hard process and not enjoyable the podcast sounds different than if it's an easy process and enjoyable so
1: yes yeah
0: that's what i would say on that front
1: yeah and it's all it's all fun i mean i do flirt with the idea of not doing it <laughs> of not doing the podcast <laughs> or just changing it up because it's i work for a radio station this is a podcast that the radio station puts out i mean the station does podcast their on air stuff mm-hmm. But I didn't want it to be. Because you come from a podcasting background and you
0: understand that like, you know, all the morning shows across this country putting out a best of like, that's not necessarily a podcast. You're just looking for the on demand publish. Exactly right. Um, yeah. So
1: the, and and there's absolutely no strategy with that. It's just kind of like, yeah, Bleh, you like this? Here it is. Yeah. Here
0: here's here's more of us.
1: Yeah. Which I which I totally we get. It. I'm glad radio stations are doing it. But yeah. again, that was my like, you can't let me go because I was like, we're pulling numbers on some of the podcasts yeah. that are just you know basically a carbon copy of the on air feed. But there's no strategy, and so that's where I think like there's a gap that needs to be bridged, mm-hmm. and that's I think what we thought we were doing with Today and To, but again, I think Amanda leaving and and she was such a champion for the podcast piece I think it's it's kind of it feels a little bit like a forgotten child sometimes but you know we still love her
0: how did it go when Amanda was fired in how that message was relayed to you I just find that like some of these companies are not giving their employees or the audience enough credit when these things happen to understand when things are done in a shitty way
1: yeah um, and chorus is such a Weirdly huge company. When Amanda left, oh my gosh, there was like an email that came out that was like a team email. If you've got a few minutes, jump on at ten o'clock. I look at the clock; it's nine fifty-eight. Okay, I jump on. <laughs> it's me, the director of national talk, and so it was me. You know, Big Boss One and Big Boss Two, and I was like, "What's happening?" <laughs> and they're like, um, "I guess no one else is coming to this meeting." So I guess we'll let you know, and you know only, we've had to say goodbye to Amanda Capito. And I was like, what? My (laughs) gal. I was like, what's going on? Also, why am I the only one here? (laughs) Like, where's the company's talk radio employees? (laughs) So I guess like there was multiple kind of meetings or whatever, but it, it was a bit weird of like, I'm the only one here. And here's my two big bosses that are telling me this information. And I was sad about it, of course. And I was thinking like, is she okay? Like. What happened? And someone else, our executive producer, had just left ex- like exactly at the same time. So we went from having an executive producer and like, I guess she was like the director uh, to nobody. So it felt a little bit like mom and dad are away. <laughs> Does anything matter? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, with a new boss coming in, it's everyone's like, what's he like? What's he like? I heard this, I heard that. And so that was a good lesson into just being like, well, I'm going to wait till I meet him myself before I like form any kind of opinion. Sure. I would hate if people. We're like, oh, I heard Danny did this. I heard she's a bitch. Like, I would, yeah. you know, meet me. Yeah, yeah. And then tell, call me a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they don't typically, in my experience, do these mass layoffs where it's like, I'll see you at lunch. And then later you're like, all my friends are gone.
0: There was an email that went out and like a Twitter thread last night that, uh, you know, another company was going to do a bunch of huge layoffs today, like probably while we oh, are talking my. right now. So, I mean, this is just a constant and it's, just embedded in the industry that we work in. So yeah. like no shade to chorus in that respect because it's literally everywhere, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, it, you know, it is what it is. And to that point too, I, I kind of feel like this industry, and I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully because certainly getting fired and being laid off is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's happened to me. Like, it will probably happen to me again. It's kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah. But I do feel like this industry is a bit of, like, water in a stream. It'll find new ways to go. We just have to be looking a little ahead yeah. and be anticipating those those ebbs and flows. Um, same thing happened. This wasn't layoffs. But I think back to um, – I can't remember the name of the bill. I don't even care. Um, but when Instagram was like, we're not showing your news anymore. Oh, yeah, and yeah. everyone was like, oh, my gosh, we're freaking out. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. – I was like, okay, well, let's let's have some foresight on this and let's think ahead so that we're not on our heels. We can anticipate the the turns. And I do feel like we're we're an innovative communicative business. Yeah. We should be able to roll with the punches a little bit and find new ways mm-hmm. of reaching our audiences. Um, so that's kind of where I feel I get a little crunchy when people are like, the industry is different and it's changed and it's not the same way it yeah. used to be. And I'm like, fair, fair. Mm-hmm but you were there. <laughs> you were there when it shit started at the fan. And certainly hindsight's 2020, but I'm I see a lot of people that are like you know, pining for the good old days of radio yeah. and there's still there's still good days in radio. I have them all the time. Yeah. But it just annoys me when people get very generational and precious about it. But maybe one day I will be too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that makes perfect sense because like it's easy to just like look backwards, but it if you're not building the forward into your strategy, you won't have one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think, again, I, I, there's so many different little pockets of experience in my life mm-hmm. where um, I thought things would be bigger than they were.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, oh, this will change everything. This will change everything. And in fact, they did change everything, but just not right away. Yeah. Um, and so I think this whole kind of, full circle moment is one loop kind of closing, but certainly there's other loops that will open and have opened and will close and whatever. But uh, I do think that what I learned through all of this was that there's time for planting and there's time for harvesting. And sometimes when you're in the planting phase, you're like, nothing ever is going to grow. Look at this barren field of dirt. (laughs) I'm a failure. I'm not enough. Everyone's better than me. And then that stuff starts to sprout and you water it and you learn what's needed to kind of cultivate your own little garden. And then eventually you're like, oh, wow, I've got some flowers here. I've got some veggies and this looks nice. And that wouldn't have happened without the stuff that came before it. Yeah. You can't really skip those steps. And so that's how I kind of feel like I've gotten to this point is through a lot of things that I thought were going to be the second coming of Radio Christ. And they were just, (laughs) you know, a a fart. (laughs) And... In retrospect, I'm like, but those were, I can look back on those things and give them greater weight. Yeah. But at the time, I was really discouraged that they weren't getting me where I wanted to be faster. Yeah. I wouldn't have been ready. I- I've had all those moments too. All of that resonates. I remember uh, you in this apartment coming over, and I think we'd both just quit our jobs. <laughs> yeah. And you came over and we had like a little session. We just kind of were like, yeah, like what's, what's, what's next? Why does everything suck? Like we just kind of reminisced. (laughs) And we both still, I think,
0: learned a new way to love radio at that time and move into our next steps and, you know, find our our footing again. So specific to your content, um, and let's call it like in this new 640 and Today in TO chapter, what is like some content that you are most proud of in the new chapter? You've had a lot of big moments. I love seeing what
1: you've been sharing. Hmm. Um, the first one that came to mind, actually, we're coming up to like a year of it. And the thing is, like, I'm just getting more comfortable with my voice and it's all – I write everything. So everything's scripted, sometimes down to my name. It's embarrassing to admit, but it helps me. And Whatever. I think part of what makes me good on air is because I'm a good writer. Um And I think I've kind of got – like, I write for comedy. And so I very much subscribe to the Valerie Geller, like, you statements. I try and bring people in. And so um, my mom went through – hard pivot here. My mom went through cancer last year. I'm so sorry. I mean, in retrospect, it taught us a lot of lessons. And she's come through it, and it's – you know, I really – commend her strength and her attitude about the whole thing. Yeah. And it, it happened really fast. It was like, what do you mean you have cancer? What do you mean you start chemo next week? What do you mean you've got to do r- radiation? So that all happened as I was getting this new job. Oh, so it was a little disorienting where I was like, good things are happening in my life, but also this really terrible thing is going on. And so she was going through radiation, but it was her last day of radiation. And so I was like, I feel like I need to commemorate this in some way on the air. Beautiful. And so I wrote this thing where it was just, the, the whole idea was just like, you might be going through something right now, and it might seem really daunting when you're in it, but if you kind of zoom out and look at it from afar, you know, you can get through it. And and I, I was a lot more eloquent than this, I swear to God. <laughs> but anyway, she she finished, she rang the, the bell, you know, her hair was starting to grow back that she'd lost from chemo, and, and it was just kind of this triumphant moment. But I, I was obviously in my feels. And so I did this in one take, which is not like me, and I cried. I had a moment of like where I had to like kind of catch my breath on air, and I, I I'm not afraid of crying. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this is happening. My voice is getting shaky, yeah. and it just kind of came out. And but it felt really good. And yeah, I I just I'm trying to think of exactly the way I put it, but it was just the story of like you know you might be going through it now, but. You know, I'm here with you. And that's kind of the whole vibe of my show. It's like we're all just walking each other home. Oh, I love Did that. Did you hear this fun story? Uh, I got something for you, or guess who I ran into? It's a lot of like, yeah. <laughs> feel like it's chummy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and radio is just kind of a place where I'm like, I just feel like I'm writing jokes. And <laughs> the hope is yeah. I have someone in mind that I'm talking to. And my hope is that I can just make them go like this. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll never know. Yeah, but yeah, the the mom, my mom's story really stuck out this week. I did something where I, I saved a bird at the office, and so that became fodder for the show. <laughs> I saw um, this on
0: Instagram. By the way, we're recording like the first uh, week of February right now. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so there was there was that. So it's just whatever happens to me, I'm like, great, I can turn this into a story. I'm obsessed with connections and themes. And so, for example, when I saved this bird the week prior, I would talked about crows on the show and how crows can recognize faces. They're actually very smart. Um, There's the story of Canuck the crow, which is wild. (laughs) Um, And then this bird story happened. And then another story I shared was uh, medical assistance in dying. We are a news show, so we've got to get, you know, a little – Tougher as well. But uh, this story was beautiful. It's about this woman who chose maid and she got to sort of say goodbye to her family and do it on her terms, punch her own ticket. And she was wearing um, like this, these new pajamas with cardinals on it. And so as she slips away, she tells her family, look, I'll send you a sign that I've made it across. And she she dies. The next morning, the family sitting in their kitchen and out the back door, they see six cardinals. Shut up. Perched on the tree. I have chills. And they didn't touch the food. Ooh. They just stayed there and then they flew away. So there's that story. Then oh, there's, there's even more. more. And this part gave me chills. Okay. A friend of mine whose father passed away a few years ago, um, she and she misses him terribly. And, and you know how grief is just kind of like unfair and chaotic. So she's like, dad, I need you to step up your signs. Like, I need you. I need you to see me. I need you to feel me. I need to know that you're there, but your signs are getting a little weak. So... She does this sort of thing in the shower where she's like, dad, I need you. Send me a sign. She gets out of the shower. She goes to open a book that she normally opens for like guidance to kind of find this like, you know, a guiding phrase or or word and she can't find the book. So she picks up another book that's literally called The Universe Has Your Back. (laughs) Dad, I need a sign. She opens the book. Something falls to her feet. It's a stack of eight photos of her and her father. Oh, my God. Like. So it's just – these are the kinds of stories that I'm like – You can't make it up. i got to tell somebody. <laughs> yeah, you can't make it up. But it is those personal things that I've seen or little things that I'm like, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the the stuff that I get to do. It's not always sad. <laughs> do you talk about your husband on here a little bit? Uh, that's very funny you bring that up. I, I, I do and I don't. I was kind of told off at the beginning uh, to maybe not mention him, but I don't know why. From like uh, management my management thought-
0: or friends or?
1: Yeah, a manager. Huh. I that I haven't mentioned their That's name okay. yet. So it's nobody I've spoken of. And it's somebody that I, I, I do respect, yeah. of course. But it was just weird where I was like, wait, why? And then my interpretation of it was different from my colleague's interpretation. Okay. And it was just, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I can talk about whoever I want to talk about on my show. Um, so I do talk about my husband, but like, I don't have a, Traditional, typical marriage, either. So when I explain things about my husband, I think people are like, wait, why don't you live together? <laughs> and where is he? Yeah. Um, because just Get a bit quickly, piece of context. Lives, yes. Yeah. He lives in LA half the time. He's got his green card. He's an actor. And so, so yeah, we kind of split the time. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So Ad- Adam Colley is his name, right? Do I have yes. that right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it's called a, a modern relationship where both people are chasing their dreams. That's the way I look at it.
1: Honestly, um, we don't have any kids. We've got, you know, decent apartments in both places that are, you know, affordable for now. Knock on wood. And, uh, we make it work. I mean, uh, we just met up in Vancouver. He was here for Christmas. I'll go there in March. Like it's a lot of back and forth. Um, but you're exactly right. It's allowed both of us to do our own thing. And I'm so grateful that we both have the same sort of Values in that and yes. mentality when it comes to work, I love that, so I feel yeah. like you've
0: listened to my podcast enough to know that at the end of the podcast, um, I ask you to nominate a couple women who you think would share their stories on this podcast that would resonate for my
1: audience. I was so excited to be asked this, and I was like, Danny, you can't just name everybody you know
0: <laughs> you you can name a few. there's no like it has to be three people, just whoever you feel like you need to mention
1: um okay so. One person is someone that you and I both have worked with, and I was such a huge fan. Actually, all my stories start like this. I was such a huge fan, and then I met them, and they were awesome, but Lana Gay. (laughs) I can't believe I haven't had Lana
0: on yet. Like, I do have to have Lana on.
1: Uh, So yeah, she was one where I was just like, oh my God, it's Lana Gay. Oh my God, we're friends. Oh my God, she's like super cool and lovely. We kind
0: of skipped the part where Danny worked at Indie 88, but that was like between and during some of the blog TO stuff before coming back to Chorus. It was
1: like right before, and it was like... And in the eighty-eight, I gotta give a ton of credit and respect to. Like, what a what an amazing company. Now
0: that I think of it, Group. I think I took over for you when you left. Like, I, I kind of so. like filled that spot. Twenty eighteen around there. Yeah, yeah. See more about the sister career thing right there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Lana Gay. Um,
1: Lana Gay. Uh, someone else is Arlene Bynan. Uh, I would listen to 6:40 all the time before I worked there. I was obsessed with it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've always loved talk radio, so I would listen. Nerd. Coming back, coming to Toronto from Peterborough, I would listen to um, Bill Carroll, Arlene Bynen on 6:40, yeah. and Arlene's another one that right before I got this job, like the Let's Talk position, I was producing for her at Sirius. Again, how our, oh my our god, have I don't crossed. even think I realized that cross. I was there for like two weeks because I got the job at 640. Like I started that and then I, they were like, you gotta, we gotta start. Anyway, yeah. it was very, again, a wonderful thing, problem to have, but it was stressful. Yeah. I was like, I just started this and it's Arlene Biden. <laughs> I can't let her down. <laughs> um, but she's awesome. Like what a pro she's like, cool, calm, collected, smart, classy. Um, like I just, yeah. I'm obsessed. Okay. Um, and then another one, I got to shout out, Kelly Cotrera. I mean, yes. she's like, the things that she does, like, I can't even explain. Um, and she, you know, I worked with her for a year and a half or so. Every single day through the pandemic, there were hard times. There were good times. There were weird times. And she just, she's just like a little energizer bunny. Yeah. <laughs> But I've – and I've seen her kind of like spiral out, but then Mike is on and she's like, we're doing this. And so, you know, I've seen literally the wheels fall off the machine and she – The way she brings brings it back. She can, mm. she can compartmentalize yeah. um, the direction. And, and talk radio is wonky. Live talk radio, what a trip. Uh, but I do feel like live radio is just like – it's a gift. And then I think my show is also a gift, but I just think that so many weird things happen with live talk radio that you got a vamp. There's no like throwing to a song. Like you really do have to be confident in a weird way. And time doesn't matter. There's no rhyme or reason when it comes to time. Eight minutes can feel like 30 seconds. Eight minutes can feel like 40 minutes. Mm it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> so there's also that to keep in mind. And, and, you know, for Kelly to do a three hour live show every weekday wow. and cover 10 different topics a day. It's insane. This is why I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and she does it.
0: Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Long time coming. We finally got her done.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be oh, here. Oh,
0: and um, yeah, congrats on your one year anniversary of your show and to your mom. Thank you. <laughs> She'll be so stoked. I will have the link to Danny's podcast and her radio show and all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the Women in Media podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators. But we've got lots more to
1: share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my
0: gosh, how did I forget about food?
1: So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's this luck? This podcast is distributed by
0: the Women in Media Podcast Network.